Welcome to the Wine After Work podcast. This is your host, Bryce Batts. I'm a career coach, mom of two girls, former college cheerleader, and current encourager of women. I'm so grateful you're here. It's my mission to help women break through the glass ceiling, rise up, and step into their greatness. Now grab a glass of wine and settle in. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Lauren. She holds a bachelor's degree in communications from Spring Arbor University and a master's degree in higher education from Geneva College. She loves working with college students, helping them dream big, discover their passions, and create a memorable college experience. She desires to equip students along their journey. Before coming to Calvin University, Lauren was an area director of first-year students at Trinity Christian College. She traveled the world through Adventures in Missions World Race and was the associate director of admissions at Spring Arbor University. Lauren loves to travel, and we actually met in Peru. Um, Some of her favorite places she has visited include but are not limited to Italy, Kenya, Guatemala, Peru, and New Zealand. Her home and office have been curated with treasures from her travels. In September 2020, Lauren gave birth to her son, and while she hasn't done as much traveling since then, she adores being Levi's mama and spending time with him and her husband in their hometown of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hey, Lauren, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Bryce. I'm excited to be here. It's so great to see your face again. Of course, I see you on social media. Lauren and I met years ago. We traveled to Peru together, um, Mm -hmm. met through Noonday Collection, which we're still involved in, still love the mission. So it's fun to see you again, even if it's not in person and you're wearing your Noonday and I've got (laughs) one on as always. Yep. (laughs) Well, I know you've made a big transition recently. You're at Calvin University in Western Michigan, and you were the career coach, and now you are. Tell us your title. Yes, so now I am the director of Safer Spaces and our Title IX coordinator. Perfect. I I didn't want to get it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So tell me about that transition. Obviously, as a career coach, I was... um, rooting you on as a fellow <laughs> career coach, yeah. Um, but clearly you were tapped to then take over this position. So how's that transition been? Yeah, I, I loved being a career coach. Um, I had plans to continue being a career coach, um, <laughs> a very rewarding work. So, um, so I have been working in higher education for almost 14 years and wow. I've had various, uh, jobs within that kind of sector. And so I really feel those have all prepared me for what I have stepped into now. Um, The college age student has always been one of my favorite demographics to work with. Um, They are passionate. They are, you know, embarking on a new season in their life. Um, There's a lot of unknowns and there's just a lot of newness and excitement. So um, it's such a fun group to work with. Um, So I've worked in admissions capacity, residence life capacity, career coaching, and now safer spaces. Um, A common thread, I think I would say, um, 
between all of those jobs is that I want to see my students succeed. Um, I want to see them thrive. So I can see how each component um, within my higher ed career has lent itself to that. Mm -hmm. um, so now to be in safer spaces, um, it's not necessarily um, the easiest job. Um, I learn stories and, and sit with people that have um, experienced some really difficult um, situations, to, mm. to even put that lightly. Um, our office um, kind of helps with anyone who would like to make a report about, um, you know, a, a instance of discrimination, sex-based, you know, harassment, um, assault, um, very heavy things. Yeah. Um, so when I was approached to consider this, I immediate, immediately thought, no way. I really enjoy being a career coach. Um, no, thank you. I, I, you know, not at this time. Um, but they asked me to just sit with it and discern <laughs> um, and to not give an answer right away, which is wise, I think. Yes. Um, it's always nice when you're not the one looking for a job, you have a little bit more time to kind of right. <laughs> discern. And so um, as I started to sit with it, I, I, I did reach out to a few others who are Title IX coordinators at their institution, and then I can get okay. that in a sec what what that means, but I was able to kind of uh, just ask, what have others experienced in this role? What do you find rewarding in this work? What keeps you going in this work? Mm -hmm. And I really, I think, got some sage advice from um, all women, actually, who do this work. Wow. <laughs> there are men, but I, I spoke to just some um, some really wise and great women who do this work and was really encouraged um, that I think the skills I've been building have set me up for this. And it was kind of a shift in in my um, discerning process where I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I know this job is a particularly hard one to fill for institutions. Um, this is not one that people are lining up to do. Um, sure. But as I you know, prayed about it and thought about it, I just really felt like the Lord was releasing me that mm -hmm. I will equip you. You know, I tell you, I give you your daily bread yeah. and I will do that in this work. So I really felt like, okay, I'm going to step into this and I'm going to see you know, what I can contribute and how I can help people. Um, so this transition has been good. It's been over the summer. So obviously students are not here. So I've been able to kind of take in That's a lot nice. of your way in a little. <laughs> yes. yes, definitely. And feel a little more prepared, I would say, um, for the start of fall, which is in just a couple of weeks. But um so I would say the transition, it couldn't have come at a better time to go in, you know, a slower, um, you know, time period for, for colleges. But um, 
yeah, that's kind of been how I ended up where I am awesome. right now. <laughs> well, I think it's, you're going to be the perfect person. I'm sure the Lord will really use you in this role in a big way. Thank you. Because like you said, you've been supporting students for 14 years. This is your sweet spot. So now you're just supporting them in a different way. And they need a champion and a cheerleader like that. And what a rocky time it's been over the last few years yeah you, know, you and I were talking before with the me too movement mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. of course then COVID so they were out of school for a couple of years I mean mm-hmm. my word it's been like up and down they've not been with their peers and then they're thrown back in yeah um how have your students brought up that transition or these last few years how it's been tough yeah I mean gosh <sighs> My heart goes out to students who had to end high school and start college during this pandemic era. Um, Things obviously were not the same. They did not have the traditional experience that most college students have. And so I feel for them and I, um, I, yeah, my heart goes out to them. Mm -hmm. I think we're seeing, you know, we're coming out of things and, um, you know, no, we're not totally (laughs) out of the woods yet, but, um, there's some normalcy coming back. Um, which is nice. Yes, definitely. And as a career coach, former, you know, and I say this a lot on the podcast and to my clients, what you did before you took this inter or for, before you took this position is so Mm -hmm. key because you reached out to people, for information or informative interviews to mm-hmm. gather information, see if it's a fit. I preach that all the time. Yes. So find these people on LinkedIn. People are typically pretty yep. happy to talk to you. And it sounds like you got some really good advice. Yeah. And that was helpful in knowing whether you should move forward or not. Oh, definitely. I, um, any person who said, Hey, I know someone who does that. Would you like to connect? I said, yes. <laughs> um, yes. I, I was also a big, um, proponent of gather, you know, conduct those informational interviews, see what you can glean from someone who they have no skin in your game. They're just going to tell you how it is. <laughs> right. Exactly. I could ask whatever I wanted to. And, and I would believe that to be so of when I was, you know, thinking about this transition here, I could have asked those questions here too, but it is nice to hear from someone who has done this five years, 12 years. You yeah. Know, I can ask them, what does a day look like and how do you sustain, sustain yourself in this work? And exactly. um, tell me what's just not fun about it. Like I wanted to know, I wanted to at least set myself up with some, you know, here are the realities. Right. Which is so smart because it is super heavy work. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine you've got to have some sort of balance or systems in place so you can step back from that. I mean, you've got a little boy and a husband, mm-hmm. you want to be mm-hmm. with them and, you know, you've got to draw the line somewhere. So how do you strike that balance or, you know, keep work at work kind of thing? Right. Yes. I, that was another thing I really considered, you know, I wanted to, um, think about how will this impact my family? My family is my number one. And, um, my previous work allowed me to be done at five. 
mentally, I wasn't taking anything home physically. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really taking anything home. So with work like this, I will mentally be taking things with me forever. Um, And I actually spoke with a counselor friend who um, suggested that um, maybe at the end of a day, you just need to take a moment and just kind of sit with yourself and just identify what you're thinking or feeling Mm. um, and almost kind of say, okay, those are these things that I leave here. Um, and then just, I think she said, you know, even like a prayer of intention and just kind of aligning yourself with, you know, what, what do I need to leave at the office Mm. today? And, you know, that I can be fully present when I go home. Um, so I think that was great advice from her. Um, it helps. I also have a 30 minute drive home so I can decompress. (laughs) That's a great tip though. I was going to ask So you could end with a prayer. You can journal a little, anything to kind of leave it there. Mm -hmm. And then, and then go. Yeah. I'm, I'm also, um, I did a silent retreat a few years back. Oh, wow. Highly recommend those. (laughs) How long was this? It was just a day. But you, you ate lunch with others. Um, There were stations you could, um, you know, go to um, and kind of lead yourself through different activities as you wanted. But others were around and we could not converse. And for an extrovert, that's really hard. I was going to say, I I was going to ask, I think you're, you know, I thought I was thinking you're an extrovert. Yes. Yeah, I think that'd be really hard. Yes. But but activities like that really help us center ourselves back, I think, and just really settle us and ground us. So I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, after this year, I, I might take a silent retreat and, um, you know, rent a cottage for a night or two, bring your journal, disconnect from (laughs) the web and just, yes. And just see what you need to kind of sit with and, you know, what you need to pray through or just journal out, Mm -hmm. um, bring a good book. So I have a friend that does that for a weekend each year. Yes. And I haven't done that yet, but I think anything we can do to quiet our minds, which mm-hmm. I have a real a really hard problem with. Uh, yep. You know, uh, I think is amazing. So right. I yeah. So many things, something like that. Yes. So many things want to just bombard us daily. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's, you know, it's a good practice. Yeah. And I know you said you were doing a lot of studying and looking at different laws and things, Mm -hmm. which I said I would be horrible at. Gosh, all the the details. I'm like, give me, I'm a big picture person. Details are not my thing. But tell me about the Title IX portion of your job. Yes. So Title IX does exist um, K through 12. And then there's um, a little bit of difference for um, high school and college, or sorry, college. Um, but um, Title IX um, has been around. We've just celebrated 50 years of Title IX. Um, so okay. it's been around for 50 years and um, comes out of the Office of Civil Rights. Um, so it really is to protect someone in an educational setting. Um, So if they do not have equal access in an educational setting activity, um, so that could be the sports team, that could be Mm -hmm. um, 
an after school club, anything like that. Um, if something is being, you know, done to them or was done to them and now they are fearful or they just do not feel like I can participate in that, I, I don't want to anymore, that is when Title IX um, kind of comes into play. Okay. So um, there are um, processes that people can enter into. And um, I think some people would think it's just for student protection, but it's for all students and employees. So faculty, mm. um, staff, students. Um, so anyone can make a report to my office um, if they would like to let me know that something has occurred. Um, I, um, first and foremost, make sure people are safe and not in any immediate danger. Um, but then I give them options of resources. Some people just want to be connected with counseling and they're, they're happy with that. Some people would like to... Um, move to more of a formal, we call it a formal complaint. And that would mean there would be an investigation that would occur. Um, we would investigate and ask questions of both parties. Um, we would do a thorough and due process to try to uncover what, what happened. Okay. And, and then at the end of that, um, depending on um, whether something occurred on campus or off campus, we could go to an informal resolution or to a live hearing. And mm. people automatically, I think, picture a courtroom and uh -huh. quite like that. Um, yes, students, staff, faculty, they can have attorneys present for this. Um, they don't need to. They can have an appointed advisor from the institution, but it's someone that they can kind of um, seek counsel from, kind of talk with, um, get advice from um, in a live hearing. It, it's almost as they are the buffer so that someone wouldn't have to talk directly to the other party, but the advisor would ask those questions of them. Um, and from there, a decision is made, um, uh, you know, if there was enough evidence. Um, it is all evidence-based and, um, and kind of from there, what, what sanctions, if any, need to happen and, okay. and was, was a policy violated. And how long does that process typically take? Yeah. Or is there any typical length? <laughs> oh, so um, part of Title IX's, you know, they, they want it to be prompt, but they mm -hmm. would say that's anywhere from if you're talking just school days, not weekends, five to six months, it can take. Oh, wow. Um, I would love for it to be a quicker process for all sure. involved. It's, I understand it's not easy. It's, um, they're trying to be, you know, students or employees um, with things lingering and that takes up a lot of headspace. So Title IX, you know, wants to help us move the process um, you know, as quickly as possible, but sometimes you have people who will not respond. Uh, sometimes you have um, periods of time you have to allow for um, statements or reports to be read and responded to. So the nature of it just tends to take a little bit longer. And are you seeing, do these things happen in 
certain settings in general, you know, kids are at parties, there's drugs or alcohol, or is this like completely just out of the blue? Do you see all of it? You know, I'm just curious advice you can give to kids in school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how to protect themselves. Yes. Um, so I think a myth that people have is that, um, sexual assault happens, um, you know, movies would portray it that a stranger sneaks up on you in an alley. And that is, I would say nine times out of 10, not the case. Um, It is usually someone that people know, you know, each other, either you are in a class together, you are in sports together, you are, you know, you somewhat at least are familiar with the individual. Okay. Um, so I think that's a, um, a myth and, and people, you know, people, I often hear, you know, I, I thought I, I trusted this person. Um, I thought I knew this person. Um, unfortunately, most of these situations do happen because, um, alcohol or drugs are involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, our you know office wants to get um more programming around that to educate individuals um okay i think there's um there's a lot of reasons it doesn't excuse any behavior but sometimes you can understand a person when you know their background or where they come from um a lot of hurt and they're looking for acceptance and then someone takes advantage of that. Um, it's, it's extremely sad. And, um, so I think, um, men need this too, but especially women, I think Mm -hmm. just, um, knowing, um, you know, how to say no to a peer pressure of even consuming alcohol or, you know, being in control of your drink when you're somewhere. Um, just those things that are, are good. Yeah. Um, good things to do and to be aware of, um, because the, the, you know, I thought I trusted them. I thought I knew them. Um, I, I just think, you know, we need to not scare people, but we need to inform them. Right. um, I think some people can become, um, you know, I don't want everyone to become paranoid (laughs) individuals, but um, sometimes we can be a little too trusting. So just Mm -hmm. kind of having that street sense and how do we educate people on that? Um, Right. And unfortunately, there is sin in this world. So, yes, this is a Christian institution. There's going to be, you know hard things everywhere. Um, so that's where I think some people can let a guard down. Well, I'm, I'm going to a Christian school. Things like that don't happen here. Right. Right. And I I want, I wish that weren't the case, but I want people to be aware that, um, you know, your whole life and it's just, you never know. You don't. And it's like you said, I mean, things happen in the church, You know, and you have to be vigilant. You know, I have two girls. I want them to know these things. They go to a Christian school now, but things will happen there. It doesn't matter. There's no place that's safe from sin or wrongdoing. Right. It's just not. Right. And I will say 
when I talk to others about this work and what I'm seeing is there is that opportunity for redemption and there is that opportunity even for someone who might have been found in the wrong to say I wish I never did this or right. I I could never apologize enough or you know there are those moments too um and so I think there can be that restorative work within this but it can it can take a lot to get there yeah too. yeah well, that's good that there can be reform and, mm -hmm. you know, sincere apologies. Um, is your biggest tip for kids to be vigilant? I, I mean, yes. <laughs> um, I think just, you know, I... Or to stay out of those situations altogether, which I think is hard to do, if, you right. know. We were talking about being an extrovert before. I mean, my freshman year, I never wanted to miss a party. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I just wanted to meet everyone. I wanted yep. to go out every night. There was a chance to go out, you know. <laughs> right. I was raising my hand for that. <laughs> right, right. Yes. And so I think um, it's such a, like I said earlier, you're learning so much. It's You're learning about yourself. But I think... Um, the more you can be confident in who you are, then the less you're going to have to try and impress others and maybe mm. put yourself in those situations that might compromise yourself so or your safety. Um, so I think just, I, I jokingly used to tell my students when I was, you know, a live-in position as a residence life director, um, make good choices. But there is, there is some realness to that, um, that, you know, why would you need to drink so much you couldn't remember what happened? Right. You know, why, why are we even at that point? Um, mm -hmm. So just knowing yourself and why you would need to do that. And there's not always a reason. Sometimes it's just not a great choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think being mindful and careful that you're not putting yourself in those situations. And as much as you can do group things or bring a friend you do trust, you should, you know, go yeah. girls go out in a group, you know, yep. don't be on your phone, walking to the car, head up, look around. Like yep. those are some simple things we can be doing just to protect ourselves. We're, we're not, you know, seeming as vulnerable and, you know, we're, we're taking care of ourselves in those ways. So, yeah, those are great tips. I mean, back when I was in college, we barely had phones, you know, mm -hmm. that was a newer thing. So yep. we were not heads down, yep. you know, constantly looking at our phones, texting and all that yep. stuff, but we were big on the buddy system. It was like, yep. all right, no woman left behind. Yes. <laughs> you go out in a group, like you leave with the group, mm -hmm. uh, we mm -hmm. got to look out for each other. Right. Yeah, I mean, the college I worked at prior to here was um, 30 minutes from Chicago. Mm. So I would tell students and guys too, don't be yeah. on L on your phone the whole time. You need to be looking up and looking at your surroundings. You know, yeah. you become an easier target that way. And, yeah. and, you know, you just need to be aware of surroundings and 
I know that everyone's invincible when they're in college, but. <laughs> oh yeah. And it goes back, you know, I think this is true for everything, like being aware of your surroundings and then trusting your intuition and your gut, yes. no matter, you know, what yes. situation you're in. Yes. Trust your gut. That gut feeling I should leave. You should listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Or this but is not I, a safe person, or they're asking me to do something I'm not comfortable with. Yeah. Why am I saying yes to this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, paying attention to those red flags, you know, that's a, that's a more pattern I see. Mm -hmm. There were red flags. Uh -huh. um, and, and I don't fault anyone, right? You, you think maybe that was a fluke. Maybe that was a one-off thing. I'm getting to know this person. I, I understand that, but um you just need to be aware of, of how often you might be counting red flags. So true. All right. So for women listening or, you know, families with college age kids, like tell them to be vigilant mm -hmm. out for the red flags, be aware yeah. of your surroundings. Yeah. I like we're leaving one out just trust your gut. Yeah. Anything else you would add? Um, I am going to be that person and say, if there's anyone who knows a college student, every college campus has, you know, campus safety and they usually have their phone number <laughs> available. Mm -hmm. Put that in your phone as well. Oh, um, that's a great tip. You know, I, it seems like I'm never going to need that, but they can give you courtesy rides to your dorm from, you know, if it's dark at night, they can, they can really help you out there. Um, so if you're, if you're feeling like this could be an unsafe walk from A to B, give mm -hmm. them a call. If you see anything suspicious, give them a call. Like, I, I just think that's one more way we can be equipped, you know, of how can I empower myself? So. Sure. Oh, well, thank you for the tips. And I wish yeah. you so much success in your new position. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you. Yeah, I know you're going to. You're going to be amazing and help so many students. I know you already have. So it's great that they, they tapped you for this role and um, you can continue to help kids of this age. Yeah, that's my, that's my hope and my goal. <laughs> okay, awesome. Thanks, Lauren. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here next week. And make sure to share the episode with a friend that would enjoy the conversation we just had. Also, join the Wine After Work Facebook group to connect with other like-minded women.